Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 177, Mercury Rules. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. It's good to be back with you again. And I hope you're having a good week, wherever you are, and whatever you're up to. I thought this week we would talk about Mercury and its ability to be the messenger of the gods, to move between the worlds. And Mercury is at present just moving from Capricorn into Aquarius. Aquarius, as you know, I've spoken about this, the ability to see the bigger picture, the ability to synthesize information. And so when Mercury is in Aquarius, those aspects of ourselves are lit up, our ability to stand back, to synthesize, maybe even become a little detached from our emotions so that we can make clear decisions rather than just reactive ones. And Mercury, as I say, is the great winged god. Wings on his feet, wings on his, his head. And really this idea was the ability to communicate. And I'm noticing there's lot, not a lot of communication happening at the moment. Seems to be more of dictating ideas rather than listening. And I would just like to remind everybody that communication means a two-way conversation, communion, the ability to find a common place of unity. But if we don't listen to anybody else, we can't find that place. And so I am putting out a message that not only do we need to communicate with our own higher self, our own inner self, with our body, with nature, but maybe we also could teach a few of our leaders about listening to their populace. Very valuable rule when Mercury is in Aquarius. But this change from Mercury being in Capricorn going into Aquarius also allowed my wonderful mercurial mind to become more active. So I want to share with you today five different thoughts that have been going through my mind or literally five different pieces of information that have come my way that I think are very relevant to the future. And Aquarius is very much about looking to the future. What is, what is the best thing we can do for the future of not just an individual, but for the community? Now, before we go there, just to say that we have a few things happening on the 21st of February. That's the first Pluto return of Pluto, where it was in the natal chart of the United States, when the United States was born. And I think this is, as I keep saying, a very important time for almost a revaluing or re-identification of what it means to be American. And we can all hear there's a lot going on there. And then beyond that, we have a few events that are happening in the world uh, at the beginning of March that I just really wanted to bring up. So Mercury is conjunct Saturn, 
on the 2nd of March. We have a new moon in Pisces on the 1st of March. But that Mercury conjunct Saturn is really about formulating new ways we wish to live. So this, as we've seen, is not just about reaction. It's not just about saying, um, you know, this is not working. We need communication now. This is what I'm saying. I'm fed up of seeing parents choosing to come before a scoreboard or or doctors coming before a medical board or someone else coming before a political board or a cabinet, whatever we might call it, and not being heard. We need to actually level the playing field. We need no more people sitting on a platform or in a place that is alienated from the rest and saying, we're listening when they're really not. So to me, this Mercury-Saturn conjunction is saying, this needs to stop. If we've chosen you as a leader, if we've chosen you to be in this particular role, it is not your part to dictate, it's your part to listen. It's your part to consider all the options. And if you're not able to do that, then it's time to leave that position. Because the great wise elders of the indigenous people in the past knew how to listen. They spoke very little, but they knew how to listen. And based on everything they received, they created a voice for the people. And people listened. So I see this Mercury Saturn coming together really important for this. We have, as I say, this new moon in Pisces, which is about connecting us more fully, as I always say, to our unity consciousness. And that's really important to our creativity, our unlimitedness. And the interesting thing is, I think that when that happens, we're also connecting to this April the 12th, Neptune and Jupiter coming together in Pisces, which is really, yes, a very creative spiritual time, but it's also recognizing that we are unlimited. And even though those would, of some would like to say that we are captive of other people's ideas, in truth, we're not. And I think that what's happening, more and more people are waking up and saying, actually, I am unlimited in terms of my thinking and my abilities. I do have choice. And, and I think that's going to be enhanced between this new moon in Pisces and then leading up into that April that I've spoken about. I hear people saying, I don't know where I'm, where this is coming from, but I, I believe this to be true. Or I know this. This is what we're talking about. This, this openness to new ideas, not just, oh, I've got a new idea that I'm going to bring into being. It's like a remembering that's happening. I'm seeing that a lot. People saying, I don't know where this is, as I say, where this is coming from or I've just had this idea. It's not a new idea. It's an old idea that's being given the space to develop and manifest. So if that's happening for you, bring it on. Whatever's coming into our minds at this moment, this is really a rich, fertile land for us to develop our ideas, but also to develop ourselves. What is it inside us that is waiting to be born? This is its time. Now, I think it's relevant that on March the 4th, a, plan, a, a rocket, a part of a rocket that was actually launched in 2015 is going to crash into the other side of the moon. 
and they say, well, this will have no impact. It will leave a crater perhaps, but that's it. But if you have any connection to the moon, as I do, and I think many of us do, especially around a new moon, which is a very powerful time, especially for women, <laughs> something crashing into the moon will have an impact. So just be ready between that 1st and 4th of March for something, or maybe even beyond that 4th of March, to feel those reverberations emotionally, to feel what's happening to our beautiful planet connection to the moon. They have this beautiful unification that goes on. So there's this wonderful uh, synthesis and symbiosis between the moon and the earth. And when something crashes into it, this could be an issue. We can't just keep saying we can put things up in the sky and nothing's going to happen if they happen to land on anybody. There are always consequences. So it's an active time around that beginning of March. And not negatively, but I feel that there's going to be a, a much more concerted effort to bring about real change rather than just feeling upset because things aren't changing. And I so appreciate everybody's efforts uh, up to now. But something really has to change in a much larger way, not just, as I say, somebody saying, okay, come and talk to me, but I will take no notice of what you say. And so we now move on to my subject matters. And the, <clears throat> they're in no particular order. They're just interesting points that I've been seeing. First one, I think, is about renewable energy. So, of course, there's a great interest in green energy, sustainable energy, renewable energy, whatever you want to call it, wind, wave, solar. But the big issues, apart from, I, I could look at other issues that we have, but the big issues are that, as my husband explains, it's not possible or it's very difficult to store these energies. Whereas there's always been ways of storing petrochemical products and hence we have instant electricity or instant gas whatever you're looking for that's been arranged for decades now so now we're in a situation of how do you store solar and how do you store wind now some of you may have solar units and you do know you have batteries where they can it can be stored for a time but on mass so that we could make sure that these renewable energies were used throughout a city or throughout a country, <clears throat> we need bigger batteries. And what I understand, the country that is ahead in all of it then in this is China. But there are other countries that are already developing, one could say, huge battery containers, complexes. I can't say they're factories, they're literally large battery complexes to store this energy. And you may have seen this occur in your country, around your, where you live. But what's interesting, and this was an article I was reading, is that the ability to, to create a battery is not without a need to call on the petrochemical industries. So however much, we may say, oh, I'm only using green energy or renewable energy. The very principle that we talked about is this is an electric car. 
one has to say, so where's the electricity coming from? And at this moment, it probably is still coming from the petrochemical industries. Now, if we moved into solar and, and wind, although I feel that these are only stepping stones, truly, to using the free energy that is within the Earth, we, we know that's the direction we need to go in. So these are only just, as I say, stepping stones. And I, I would like us to actually move fully into understanding the, the energy within the Earth as Tesla understood. But in the meantime, we're having to store these renewable energies within a battery. Now, what is a battery? A battery is made up of a cathode and an anode, and the electrical current flows between the two. So that what really is happening is the cathode itself is using cobalt, nickel, uh, mang manganese, and lithium. That's the main minerals that go into a cathode. And we have to be thinking, and copper maybe, and we have to be thinking, where are these things coming from? And so I believe that lithium comes mainly from China, excuse me, from Chile, Tibet, and Australia. And we get most of our cobalt from the Congo. And again, China has really marched into this in a big way and I wonder even far as far back as taking over Tibet if that happened. So these are sources of lithium batteries as you may have heard about but the lithium that goes into making this cathode work. We must never think that the fact that you and I have phones and computers and everything else that uses such a battery that this is just a free energy somewhere some in somewhere in the world this is being mined somewhere in the world this is being probably mined in a way that you and i would not necessarily see acceptable if we wanted to see a healthy green world where all people were living in peace there is always going to be exploitation but if i move on from that to the anoid i didn't know that the actual basis of an anoid was actually coke. Coke is a petrochemical product. Some of us as a child, we might have burnt coke in our fires. So the idea that these batteries are purely green is not true. We're already or always going to be having to use some form of petrochemical or coal tar coke, again, coming from coal. And I just, say let's be honest about this this is the truth this is where it's happening okay i would say that let's my conclusion of that is let's move towards free renewable energy true renewable energy but we can only do that when we understand and honor mother earth and the earth energies and until we are in honor of that we will not be able to work with that energy Now, at that point, I can say to all of you, thank you for signing up for my Earth Energies introduction. And I really am excited to be able to produce and promote this library of videos that I've created because it's very exciting for me because so much is going on in the Earth at the moment. And this ability to use free energy, renew truly renewable energy, is very exciting for me. And the next level that I want to talk about is plasma. 
Now, I've been looking at plasma for about a year or two now where we're understanding that instead of it just being dark energy, dark matter, that makes up probably 90% of our universe as we see it, we're actually understanding that that dark energies could also be called plasma, ether, chi, ku. It has many names, but it is almost the connecting energy between what we would say are the minerals, the atoms, so that around me is ether, around me is plasma. And that the me that I might say is solid is still made up of a lot of plasma and only a little bit of what we may say is carbon, silica, oxygen, nitrogen. So I have a lot of space in me. <laughs> still weighs a lot, but still space. And all around me is that space, that ether, that plasma. And what's exciting, and I'll be sharing this more and more within our Earth Mysteries, is how the elementals, the light beings, the spirit world uses that plasma to imprint itself onto the world to become something that we may see as a fairy or an elf or a tree or an animal or a human. And then it knows how to kind of pull itself back and dissolve out of that space so it disappears. And we too are made up of that plasma. We know how to manifest through intention and through finding the right frequency so that we create our reality. But the military have also been using this knowledge. And what the military have done is to, you could say, superheat gas until it becomes plasma. That's the way I describe it. So just as you might add heat to ice and it becomes water, and then you add heat, add heat to water and it becomes gas. If we add heat to gas, it becomes plasma. And the military are using this ability, this plasma that they produce to actually increase their communication, decrease their ability to be seen on radar, increase their ability to mask themselves, uh, increase their speeds. And this is all just coming to light now as documents are becoming available. And the whistleblower or the person who is sharing this is saying, Many a time when someone has seen an orb of light or maybe a cigar-shaped UFO or lights that seem to disappear and appear, it has been part of the military's process, even though they have denied this. So their ability to use plasma, you could say, is far advanced on what we think. And I want to say we need to wake up to the fact that if you've seen it in a film as a possibility, it's already happened. That probably around the 1940s, certainly around the time of Roswell, 1947 onwards, there was a huge download of information from the ET world to our military, to various parts of our, of our population. And that technology is being used. So even though we might say, wow, time travel or anti-gravity or all of these things are already possible. And when we're looking at whether UFOs are real or whether or not that means that we have contact with star beings, I believe we do. I believe we 
we do have contact. In fact, I think many of us are star beings already. But please don't get lost in the idea that everything we see has to be of an extraterrestrial nature. Almost what I would say is if you can see it, it probably isn't extraterrestrial because I believe the extraterrestrials who are here with us on this planet don't need flashing lights or, or any of that to be able to maneuver between one world and another. So there's, you know, there's one more of my ideas. There's two of them down. My next one is about, I'm coming back to dear old COVID. What I see and hear is happening is that we are going to experience a threat that there is far more HIV, far more AIDS potential in our planet at this time. I hear certain individuals saying, oh, go and have an HIV test, you'll be helping the world. Well, I've got to say this is not true. First of all, I'm old enough to have worked at a time as a doctor with AIDS, with HIV. HIV AIDS is spread by blood products and through bodily fluids. It's a fluid-based access, just as Corona, COVID, was a respiratory-based. So when I see, as I've said, people wiping down all the surfaces when I get onto an aeroplane because they're scared they may pick it up from the surface, it does. It reminds me of the people who used to say, I've got to wipe down the surfaces in, ca in case I catch AIDS. It, neither of those, corona is a respiratory problem and AIDS is a blood or a serum uh, problem. And so can we just calm down everybody? Okay, so what is... HIV. HIV is human immunodeficient syndrome, uh, virus, excuse me. So HIV is, is human immunodeficient virus. It's a, it's a virus that can, we believe creates that. Again, you could get into questioning whether or not that was true or not. Um, so I just really want to say, let's just assume there was such a virus. AIDS itself is called acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Okay, so what we were looking at with AIDS is that the word acquired is really important. The question has to be, how did I acquire it? So in the, the late 80s, 90s, when we talked about AIDS, we were saying we acquired it from a virus. Today, we're saying, if there is increased AIDS, where did we acquire it from? And that's the big question. So there are several reasons or several ways in which we could acquire this. The initial vaccines that were used and, and created mainly in Australia, but went into many countries, used an adenovirus as a vector. So an adenovirus is a cold virus, as a vector to transport the spike protein into the body. But what it was seen to happen is that when that happened, anybody who had a dormant HIV or where the virus for HIV was dormant, sitting there in the cell, this adenovirus could kick it out and it would actually mean that this person who had been living with 
the virus, let's put it that way, in their body now had produced uh, the symptoms of AIDS. All right, so that was one situation. And recently it's been seen that that information has come forward, but that really was found back in 2020. There is another thought that perhaps the actual COVID virus actually contained something to do with AIDS. Or I should say once again, let me go back, contains four bases that had a connection to HIV. Again, just putting that out there. But what is the difference between COVID and HIV? HIV had a very clever way of getting into the body. It actually hooked itself into what we call T helper cells. In other words, when an infection enters into a cell, these T helper cells multiply. And when they multiplied, the HIV, which is attached to that T helper cell, also multiplied. That was really the devastating effect of HIV, was that it was able to get into right into the cell and be literally stimulated when the body went into defending itself. Now, corona has been different. It has a different way of doing this, or COVID. It actually links to the T killer cells or affects the T killer cells. So if the two come together, the whole intracellular immune response will be deficient. And this is hearing that word, AIDS, acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. We may not know, and there are other things I could talk about, ways in which the immune system has been affected. We may not know what may lead to symptoms that we may associate with AIDS. But let me tell you that AIDS acquired immunodeficiency syndrome didn't produce illnesses that were unusual in, it, in the fact that they'd never been seen before. What AIDS produced was sarcomas and cancers and, and uh, pneumonias that were only seen in people whose immune system was extremely deficient or had been compromised. So what AIDS really showed us was that when your immune system is so compromised, these types of illnesses that would be rare in most cases come to the surface. I think that what we're going to see is, and are already seeing, a surplus amount of cancers and viral illnesses and inflammations that we wouldn't expect in normal healthy people. Or we're seeing cancers that were dormant come to the surface or uh, immune infections coming to the surface or immune deficiency coming to the surface. We're seeing the shingles, the herpes. We're seeing cancers that we would never have expected. I think that what we're seeing is whether due to the vaccine or whether due to the virus itself, something has happened to the immune response. And you can add to that other things if you want. 
But all I'm saying is please don't get lost in believing that we now have a pandemic or an epidemic of HIV. What we have is an acquired immune deficiency. And based on that, it is inherent in all of us to keep our immune system healthy. This is my next point. What do we know? Vitamin C, vitamin B, vitamin D. Get out in sunshine, exercise, smile, laugh. Feel good about yourself. Because they're the things that I know help our immune system. Feel valuable. Feel, feel as if you're contributing. Feel as if you're connecting, communicating. Feel connected to the earth. Allow your energy to expand into those earth energies. The greatest way of reducing our immune response here and now are fear, helplessness, and the sense that we don't know where we're going. And there's been plenty of that going on. Taking back our power, making choices that are healthy for us, even if they're just in this moment, oh, I can breathe, I can do this, keeps our immune system healthy. That sense of I, when we lose that sense of I, and we only think of them and us, or I am not important, they have the answers, we've lost our immune system. And loving ourselves and liking who we are are really healthy. And when we get sick, if we get sick, please look to first aid measures immediately. We've been come to believe that we should wait until we're sick. That's, that's illogical. All my families in my general practice had little kits to use first aid. What's the first thing? And I would give them instructions. This is what you need to do for your child's croup. This is what you need to do when you get a headache. This is what you need to do. And they knew to do that first and then call me. I'd come almost immediately, but don't wait. There are so many remedies out there that have been given really bad information towards them, and you, I think you all know what I'm talking about. There are so many good things out there that could be helping us now. And by delaying anything that we do, waiting for the right advice, waiting for the leaders to tell us it's okay, we are denying our own immune system that sense of powerfulness, sense of rightness. Allow yourself to appreciate the power of your consciousness to know what is right for you. Allow yourself to find that healthy place of choices. Allow yourself to sit in that chair, as I've talked about last time, and just say, okay, I'm in a synapse, I'm in a center. What is the best thing I can do for myself, maybe my family at this moment, but first with myself? We're in exciting times. Don't let me let you think that we're not. All those things I mentioned are have a beautiful part to play. But there are those who would like to keep us in fear, keep us in helplessness, keep us in powerlessness. It's not their part anymore. And the louder they get, the more fearful they are that actually they don't have power over the populace anymore. 
So just hold your space. Be true to yourself. Use this wonderful energy that's coming in to create. But don't just see yourself as creating from a place that is not true within you. What is growing within us all that wants to be birthed? This is the time to do it. Not next year, the following year. We may not know what's happening then. This is a great time. Today, it's here. Listen to your higher self. Listen to your inner self. Listen to your heart. And all will be well. Until next time. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.